we are living our purpose just by learning how to be ourselves. And that's the beauty of this, right? Like, that's the coolest thing. You don't have to do anything. You just have to stop doing all the things that aren't for you and aren't you and peel back all those layers and find love, like that deep love in essence. Yeah, I think that's, it's so beautiful. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Authentic, the only podcast that teaches you how to build a bridge to the life you want from the life you have using human design, the gene keys, and the work. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to To Be Authentic. This is your host, Stacey Estrella, and I'm so excited to have a special guest on our show. All our guests are special. I know I say special every single time, but it's true. I am handpicking them because I feel like they have really important messages to share, and they have particular things in their design that I think are beneficial to our listeners. So this week's guest is Tara Bach. Uh, she is a 5-1 mental projector with six undefined centers and one open center. She is an ethereal abstract artist and mother of three from Socrates, New York, way up here in the Hudson Valley. She creates luminous, enchanting worlds that transport the viewer to revelatory points of view. She doesn't see her art as containing any particular message, but rather as a vehicle for taking her abundance of positive energy and sharing it with the world. In doing so, she hopes to point others to the beauty that already resides in their own infinite nature. And I love the quote on her website where she says, I'm not trying to tell people anything. I'm just trying to connect with them. And I think that's just so beautiful. So welcome, Tara. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction and for having me here. So tell me, how how are you feeling right now? What's in your body? Like, just tell me, walk me through that. What are you feeling? What sensations? Ooh, today is really, I'm in my body, thankfully. <laughs> it's been a really nice energy to have this morning. It's been one with tones of gratitude and just centeredness been really nice and calm. Oh, that's so beautiful. Okay. So Tara, I would love to know first, how did you arrive at human design? How did it enter your world? Where were you? What was going on in your life? How long ago was it? Can you just help take us down that path on how it showed up in your life? Yes. Thank you. It was an interesting sequence of events, which I, I believe it always is, right? And I had this massive spiritual awakening, like massive bitch slap from the universe that knocked me off my feet, rearranged the way I even saw the entire world. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And somehow after this experience, I don't even know, it's really beautiful how things just kind of take care of you and unfold in the way they do. Um, it's ineffable, honestly. And then the next day or so, I had gotten on this business call with these women, these, this, uh, this international group of women that we support each other in our art. And there happened to be a woman on the call that day. And I so unexpectedly was invited into this meditation. And I've never been able to meditate in my entire life. There's nothing but function going up here and it was the first time i actually was like able to like hear the world different and i went into this meditation and it was unbelievable and i was like i don't know who this woman is but she is a gift and this is some five one experience right and i was like this woman is a gift and i ended up beginning to work with her as a spiritual guide so i knew how to get into this body after all of this and one day she just messages me she's like oh, you should check into human design and the gene keys. And she just sent me a link and she didn't even work with these systems at all. But of course I just looked into it and I ate it up and I dug in and I went full throttle. So yeah, that's just kind of how it happened. So you have been teaching yourself. I had been teaching myself. This is when in 2021, 
My awakening was in January. So it was in the beginning of the year and I self-studied for a very long time. And I, I remember we had spoken about this and my authority actually had recently changed directions and I'd been working with the Human Design Collective. I'm starting cartography next week. <laughs> so I am going down this journey full all the way. Wow. Well, also just to point out to the listeners, Tara's profile, the five one, the one is this, this inward kind of looking investigative nature that needs to go down and become an expert at whatever the thing is that you're interested in. So it doesn't surprise me in the least that this um, system that has brought you so much relief and so much freedom in the way that you move about the world that you're that you want to put yourself in a situation where you can support others in achieving that as well because that also goes with your five right which has which is that heroic sort of mindset and sense of externalizing and universalizing this stuff right that's how you show up in the world and how people actually see you as this going to save the day character which is kind of an interesting oxy moron, I guess, or juxtaposition for being a projector, because you have to first be invited and in all of that language, which we'll get into, because I want to really hear how that works for you. But let's, mm -hmm. let's talk about some other stuff first before we go straight there. So I want to talk about strategy, then authority, and then the wayfinding. Because what I want to do, Tara, with you, because being a mental projector is so unique to my mind, because you don't have that inner authority the way I have, which is sacral, right? I can feel it very clearly in my body, in my belly, right? When I'm responding to something. And so I want to start first with the strategy as a projector. So this isn't the mental equation yet. This is just as a projector. What does invitation or recognition feel like to you? Like how have you come to be aware of what it means to be invited? Because these are terms that are thrown around left and right. And I feel like, I feel like they're just said because they're the right words to say but the unpacking of what does that feel like? And you can use an example maybe, and maybe a compare and contrast of a time when you felt recognition or invitation, because it's not always a verbal, hey, Tara, will you blah, blah, blah. It's more subtle than that, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it, it's both, you know, it's the invitation and the recognition for me, I recognize they go hand in hand. And I'll tell you one of the realest invitations I've ever had because it's really unique and the resonance, it was a true invitation. I had a woman who contacted me and said, Tara, I love your perspective. I would love for you to just observe what I have that I'm working on, that I have to offer. I would love the opportunity to have you here with me and to get your observations. And it's at no cost to you. This was just the beginning of this invitation from this woman. And she said all of these certain words that were of deep resonance with me. And I said, yes. And going into an invitation like this, not only have I created a beautiful relationship with somebody, but I actually have learned more from her and had the most wonderful experience that I didn't expect coming from the invitation. This is so amazing. So here's what I want to share with the projectors who are listening to this, because this is what's so important. What you just described, Tara, is the right invitation. And this is the thing that projectors have to figure out for themselves. What you were responding to and what you were feeling deep resonance with was this person saw something uniquely in you. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what it was. You have a unique perspective, right? It wasn't just any artist, right? It wasn't just any, for whatever it was she was looking for. It was, no, it was something in you particularly that she wanted. And I, I feel like that is the realist. I love how you describe that. The realist invitation ever. It's beautiful. And do you have any suggestions for people other projectors who might be struggling with how do I recognize an invitation? Because it's not like they're just having to sit on their hands and, and not do anything in their life. So can you talk about maybe your journey of learning to recognize invitation mm -hmm. or recognition? Absolutely. 
There are so many different frequencies of invitations, like false invitation and a real invitation. And I always love to look at it like nutrients. And so I look at these like false invitations or false recognitions as, you know, people complimenting my appearance. Yeah, it's nice. I'm appreciative of your compliment and being recognized for very surface level things. That's easy, but that's like eating a candy bar. It's like a very non-substantial energy source for me. And when I get a true recognition, it's absorbed into my body that it gives me energy, this beautiful, blissful energy to like power up and like do things. And it's like charges my battery. And so I can also feel into how's my battery feeling when I'm getting this recognition? Is there an invitation following this recognition? How does my battery feel then? And then continuing to check in with it because he's Invitations don't always last forever either. Oh, I I just have waves of truth bumps. Like this is just pure truth serum. It's so it's so unadorned. It's so real. And I just know our projector friends are going to benefit so much from the way that you're sharing your own experience. Regardless of their authority, it's going to be universally appreciated. Okay, so that's that's strategy, right? The recognition and invitation. Now I want to talk about and layer in the decision-making side, right? So what it means to be a mental projector. So you just have your head and Ajna defined, and they're defined by two channels, the channel of abstraction and the channel of awareness in traditional human design terms. And uh, it's technically environmental authority. Can you tell us what you've learned about how do you operate with that? So I have some thoughts I want to bring into the conversation, but only after you've had a chance to speak to it first. I don't want to, I don't want to bias or move you in any particular direction. How have you come to know your authority? Like when a decision is correct for you and maybe use the example of saying yes to this woman, right? Mm. I will be honest. My authority is something I'm still really deeply experimenting with and my mental strength is so tricky to get out of my way. And without my throat definition is where I tend to have a really difficult time leaning into my authority. And I have personally found it for me is this body resonance after I speak or when I'm speaking. So it's this feeling within my body. It's not so much soundboarding. I can soundboard and hear it out and chew it out and express it. But it's in a company, it's more of my body resonance that I've experienced in this. Everything feels clear. I'm in my body, first of all, (laughs) huge factor. Am I in my body? Does the space that I'm in support me figuring this out? My environment in the place that I'm in, I've realized is number one factor for that. And it creates a a huge impact on my decision-making. So I want to unpack even a little bit more. Well, first, how do you, how do you get yourself in your body? Mm. This is really helpful for people, for mental projectors, right? To get themselves in their body because they're all in their head. Like that's where they have definition. So how do you get in your body? Do you have rituals that you practice? Yes. I have to, it depends on my day. My days and my energy and how my body feels vary so much through the days. And some of the most beneficial practices that have been consistent for me have been journaling, putting all of this somewhere besides on other people or on myself. So putting it somewhere that's a safe space, uh, clearing my environment out. I was out of my body and I looked around and I was like, my environment, if I'm not correct, my car's a mess, my house is a mess, my mind is a mess, and it's all connected. <laughs> so first step for me the other day, I was like, I can't get in my body. I can't get in my mind. I am vibrating. I'm physically not even on. I'm like, am I even on the ground? And I'm like, okay, what do we do? Let's do the dishes. It's just like step by step. I'm just like, how do I get back to myself? And it's always just like clearing out all this energetic, it's energetic clutter. So 
So for me to get clear, I have to energetically clear, which also could be, so it's like, it could be in my environment and it could be stuck bitterness in my body. So I began working with a somatic coach to learn, okay, this is the energy I'm feeling. How could I move it and transmute it out of my body? Okay. That is, that is so helpful because my next question was going to be, well, how do you prepare your environment? And essentially you're coming back saying, look, they're totally integrated, right? They're totally one in the same or not one in the same, but they are, they affect each other. The body and the environment are in, are informing and influencing the other, how mm -hmm. grounded you feel or how in your body you feel. So I want to talk about, because it's always the most fascinating part. And these are why my first questions are really strategy, authority, and now wayfinding. So the signature theme I refer to as wayfinding mechanism. I mean, that's basically what it is. It's like either you're feeling in flow and in the projector sense, successful, or you're feeling really bitter and resentful. And, and so it's those are your wayfinding devices, right? To figure out, wait a second, somewhere along the line, first of all, am I, I've suddenly found myself out of alignment because I'm feeling bitterness or resentment. And how did I get here? So I wonder if you could talk about, first of all, what does success feel like? I, I just love to hear from people who are living their human design, like how do they feel these sensations? Because I'm convinced we, you might feel success very differently than my sister, you know, who's a three, five ego projected projector. Like your feeling of success in your body is going to be different than hers because your designs are totally different, even though you're both projectors, right? So mm -hmm. can you talk about what it feels like to be or experience success? And then what does it feel like to feel bitterness and resentment? Mm. Okay. So in normal, a normal day, like a normal day, shuffling my kids around, I have so many different moving parts. And for a mental projector with no energy, I do a lot. And so a successful day for me is the good enough day almost. I've found this beautiful balance and almost like energy dance that I learned how to do. And I can do an amazing amount of things in a day and still have it feel like flowy and spacious. And that is what feels successful to me. If I don't feel like overloaded and chaotic, and especially if I feel like a lot of noise in my head, the clarity feels successful for me. And that can look like I accomplished a lot. It can look like I was just enjoying something. I am a very playful person. So I definitely is like, was I being silly or like, not, I don't think that way, but you know, there's an ease and a funness to the days that accompany the feeling of success. And yeah, it's a fluidity. I love how you landed on, you know, it's about the end of the day feel, first of all, I love the concept of the good enough day. I mean, that is just, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. And also how it's almost like it's successful by what's not in it, meaning chaos and confusion, mm -hmm. right? That you're not feeling burdened, chaotic, or confused. That it's like if, if you end your day without those things, right? That's the good enough day right? And there may be an even better than good enough day, but it's really about you haven't pushed yourself so far, right? Knowing that you don't generate your own energy, right? You have to be really gentle and kind and loving to yourself. So let's talk about the resentment mm -hmm. and the bitterness. Let's talk about one of those days where it might go over that edge. How do you bring yourself back? How do you realign yourself with your energy? Yes. So on the days, this is really cool that I've been able to tune in this way. This got me so excited the other day because I was bitter and I was na a nasty woman <laughs> and not nice. And I do not like that feeling. It doesn't reside well in my body. And I wanted to like just burn it down. I don't even know how to, it was nasty feeling. And it was wild and fascinating 
to have it switch so quickly from being that nasty, like that bitter to so just back to center from diving into learning and whatever was fascinating me. So I listened to a podcast for three hours as I was doing the things I didn't want to be doing because I didn't want to be told what to do. And I had to do these tasks. I had to do them. And I was nasty about it. I don't have the energy to be doing this right now. There's something else I want to do. And I listened to it while I was doing the thing. And I was like, this is great. (laughs) This is easy. But it was just finding like that sweetness to my bitter. Oh, that's so beautiful. And by the way, I'm a manifesting generator and I get really irritated when I have to do stuff I don't want to do as well. So this is a good lesson for me. You know, it doesn't, it's not just for projectors, right? Mm. This whole idea of how do you snap back from, like for me, it's frustration or anger, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, I'm angry when, you know, I'm angry when my house is cluttered and I'm the only one there to clean it, (laughs) you know, but I have to do it in order to clear that space. So I love that. So for you, you've figured out now, as long as you give yourself the gift of this sweetness, this access to new ideas or learning, uh, which again, like that's your sweet spot because it's in your head too, right? Mm-hmm. You're like bringing this knowledge and, and awareness. It's, it's where you're strongest, right? Because that's where your definition is with your two channels. Um, it would make sense, right? That's like, okay, I can do this. You know, I feel... I feel successful. Like you feel Mm -hmm. successful when you are listening to a podcast and it does something to add to, I'm guessing, your point of view or your sense of understanding about the world or whatever the topic is, Mm. you know, seems to me. So one of the things I really wanted to talk with you about today is I want to talk to you about your two channels. So in human design world, uh, the only things that we have 24-7 access to, as you know are where we have definition, right? So the definition of our energy centers, yours is head and Ajna, but also the channels. Now you have all these other gate activations, but those are only fully activated or realized with the transits, right? As different energies are changing throughout the day or with other people coming into your life or uh, into your aura. And so you have two channels and I really wanna hear kind of how you see these showing up in your life, if you have any, you know, intuitive response or, or you know, intellectual response to this. So one of the things also that we're super excited about at To Be Authentic, so my business partner is also named Tara, and my Tara and I have been working on this uh, new offering, which is the archetypes. So basically for the 36 channels, we are naming them archetypes that are all equally enviable and covetable. The idea was to give people a way in to understanding the quantum essence of what that channel energy represented. And the reason we we started to do this or work on these is because, you know, I've been studying this stuff deeply, intensively for two years now, and I still can't memorize them because the naming conventions are inconsistent and illogical. There's no logical underpinning for them. And it drives me freaking bonkers. And so I thought I've got to solve this for me in a way so I can speak more, more consistently and intelligently and helpfully to help convey the essences of these things, because that's where people are going to be able to start owning them and living them, right? And bringing healing into their own lives or or empowerment into their lives when they know what's in their design that they have to work with and they're doing it from a conscious space. So the two channels you have, so you have 4764, which in traditional human design terms is called the channel of abstraction. Our name for that is the historian because it's all about this living in the past, but trying to really understand it and having these aha moments of clarity, right? The other channel you have is channel 2461, which is in traditional human design terms, the channel of awareness. And I don't want to tell you our name for this yet because I'm actually hoping that our conversation is going to reveal it. I know what it needs to be. And I I was so happy that we were going to talk because I don't know anyone else who has this channel. 
And so I was really excited because I, this has been a really hard one to name because there are a lot of different elements in it. And I want to talk with you about, first of all, how do you experience each of these channels? So do you, do you experience them individually? Do you experience them interchange? Do they come out in your artwork? Do they come out in the things that trouble you or that you obsess about or the reason why you were never able to meditate because your mind was always like, you know, spinning with stories in the past. Can you just talk about those two life force energies in how they show up for you? Oh, I love that. I would say when I feel into them, I believe they work together. They almost are like talking to each other. And this happened to me the other day. And I'm not positive it's, it's because I have one conscious and one unconscious, but I can give you an example of how this works and probably show you a little example of the badness that comes with it. <laughs> So the other day I came across a human design post on social media, and this is how it happens. It's not every question that turns my thinking on. There are certain questions that bother me or hit me or provoke me in some kind of way. They start the, they start the engine. And what happens is somebody says a word. It's, it doesn't have to be the whole thing. It could just be something specific. And all of a sudden, this starts turning. And the other day I came across a post on human design and this is actually a common thread with my thing. It's about purpose. It always comes to anytime I hear something about purpose and it really had set me off last year. I was in an interview and somebody asked me, Oh, you have the spiritual awakening. Well, now what's your purpose? I turned my head on, in on myself and almost like combusted. <laughs> I was like, well, when I turn it in on me, it like my wires got crossed. I instantly not selfed. Nothing functioned right. It was madness. I was like, what's my purpose? How do you figure it out? I'm like calling my friend. I was like, do people ask you what your purpose is? And I was like, why is it bothering me? Like it wouldn't, it was relentless. And I would keep going. Like, what is my purpose? And it isn't in these moments until I finally surrender to, okay, turn it down. Why am I like, you know, when you surrender and just say, why do I care? Like, why do I care? And you start threading back the little moments, you know, it slowly releases and lets it go. And I reach a point and then all of a sudden, maybe clarity comes, maybe aha moment, maybe it doesn't, but you know, it's, it's an interesting observation to make. Although I just realized that that wasn't an example that gave how they work together. But I, I do have one if you would like to hear it. Actually, that was really perfect. We're going to come back to that. I'm so glad you brought that story up. We, that's why this is a great conversation. We just go where it goes, right? Mm -hmm. So I love that you brought up when you were triggered. And what I notice in you for that triggering, and, and first of all, what I want to do is I want to point out to our listeners. So for listeners who can't see what I'm doing on the screen, we will put a clip in our Instagram or a link in our show notes to help you access that on our website. Because what I wanted to point out is when Tara was saying uh, she doesn't know when she's using these channels of awareness or abstraction, which are the traditional human design language or terms for them, she doesn't really, really know which are operating when or how because half is unconscious and half is conscious. So what she's referring to is this area where the gates that are on the side of the Ajna are unconscious energies, right? So she doesn't have conscious awareness or ability to get in front of them. That's the whole thing about unconscious energies. Yet these are the energies that other people see in her. And this is what's kind of crazy about human design. It's like we're we, we, what we have conscious awareness of is everything that's in the black. And so I will put that in black. And so she's got conscious awareness of the gate energies that are on the head side. But the quantum of these two gates coming together, which activates each of the energy centers and those particular energetics, but also the nature of the channel, it's a projected channel, the nature of the circuitry, there's individual circuitry and there's collective circuitry. So all of these different things are lighting up. And so this is what she's referring to when, you know, I don't know if it's one side or the other. It's, it's, this is what she's referring to about the conscious and unconscious. 
Tara, what I wanted to point out on this whole thing about the purpose and why you were triggered, if you notice here, your gate 38 in the root has both unconscious and conscious activation. And I'm not sure how familiar you are with all of the different channel energies, but the other side of that is gate 28. Now I have gate 28. It's the game player and it's also about the fear of death and it's not the fear of dying. It's the fear of dying without having found your purpose. <laughs> so the fact that you're triggered is really, to my mind, what's happening is, you know, we want what we don't have. It's our genetic survival predisposition, right? Like we are always drawn to the thing that we don't have. And in this case, you've got this energy that's unconscious and conscious off the root that's really reaching, <laughs> reaching so hard toward the spleen to get the energy of that purpose because then you would have the complete life force energy, which in our language, in our nomenclature, well, in traditional human design terms, here's a perfect example of why we're coming up with our own nomenclature to describe the energies, the quantum energies. In traditional human design terms, it's called the channel of struggle. Like who wants to come into human design with the channel of struggle? We call it the warrior because it's basically the energetics of this person who knows, who's basically going to figure out what's worthy to fight for in this world, right? That's the warrior spirit and the warrior energetic. And that's what brings to life this, I've got a purpose and I will die fighting, die in search of that purpose. So I just wanted to bring that little bit of annotation to your understanding of your chart if you didn't already have that awareness, because it's, it, it absolutely makes so much sense to me why this word of purpose is going to trigger you, because mm -hmm. it's exactly the thing that your unconscious and conscious self is craving. And it's, well, I have it activated five times in my chart. The 38. What do you have? Oh, you have the 38. Oh, multiple activations. I didn't I, go I'm, that deep. In my, nor in my north nodes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, no. Oh, I'm getting truth bumps right now. Mm. Like this, listeners, this is the beauty of human design, right? Like all of a sudden now it's like now you have this full awareness. Oh, gosh. No wonder. I'm activated whenever I hear this word purpose because my design, it is in me to crave that five times over and, and in these very, very important activations to find that, right? So now with full awareness, it's going to be different when you see that. You know, I'll be curious to see if you still get triggered in the same way now that you have this awareness because now it's going to be like, okay, yeah, that's in me and I'm on it, right? And I'm living it every day or whatever it is. Like, you're now in this next stage of evolution in your own design and living it, which is, okay, well, let's see now what that means for me, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like you're finding purpose. This is me looking at you and observing you. You're finding purpose every day in your art, right? You're mm -hmm. finding purpose every day and living your design and in being true to you, right? Just like the good enough day. Like there's so, there's so many beautiful gems of wisdom that to me, it's like, no, this woman She's living her purpose every single day. That's how it shows up for you, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how it unfolds. We are living our purpose just by learning how to be ourselves. And that's the beauty of this, right? Like, that's the coolest thing. You don't have to do anything. You just have to stop doing all the things that aren't for you and aren't you and peel back all those layers and find love, like that deep love in essence. Yeah, I think that's, it's so beautiful. You want to know something funny about the 28 that I've, that I notice energetically when I'm electromagnetically connected, especially between my friends, it makes me feel like I don't have to fight anymore. I love the energy of 28. I'm like, please sit at me next to all the 28 because so much I'm like, why does this feel so peaceful? And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's why. <laughs> Oh my God. It's so cool. And again, listeners, the electromagnetic is when you have one gate activation and another person has the other. And it is, it is so magical when you find that with people. 
I love how you're so aware, Tara, of what it feels like in your body when you're consciously around people with the 28, right? That you don't have to fight anymore. That is just exquisite. That is so beautiful. So coming back to these channels. So let's go back and try again. <laughs> like, and again, yeah. we're just like figuring it out. And like, let's see, like if there's no clear sense of here's how the historian comes in or here's how, well, that's our name, right? Here's how the channel of abstraction comes in. Like I can fully see that in your art as well, like from the abstract mm -hmm. side. And the awareness, maybe just describe them how they feel in your body if you have that sensibility. If you don't, that's also fine too. Because again, half of it is red for you. So I wouldn't really expect you to know. And also you're really young still, right? Mm -hmm. So you haven't had enough time to see through the rear view mirror what it's like when they are showing up, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's interesting. There's been a few instances that they've really profoundly spoken. And one had been, I guess I could give the example of my spiritual awakening. I had in this moment while I was painting, had recognized myself in my painting. I was painting this little baby angel. And all of a sudden I stopped back and I was like, hmm, this little girl looks like me. And all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, I think, I think that's me. And I never resonated like that with my own painting before. And it was a moment I recognized myself and all of a sudden I was like, oh my gosh, I was just a little girl and all the things I experienced and all those things I took on and I thought I had to be, or I thought I had to step up into, I was just a kid. I was like, that wasn't my job. And I was like, I did really good at it, but that wasn't me. And I, in that moment, loved myself for the first time. And so what happened was in this experience, because it was, it was like a, it was a giant download. It was that moment of self-love connected to going, all, then all of a sudden the way it works was like, oh my God, we're all just people. My parents were just parents. They were just doing their best. And like, it started unwinding just like, oh, we're all human. Then I start thinking, this is how it always goes too. It goes all the way back into humanity oh, this is why family systems work this way. This is what is going on with the world. And I'm like, what if, and this is where I currently explore this type of healing because I'm like, what does it look like when everybody is like, oh, this is, this is who I am. I love who I am. This is what I bring to the world. I'm this perfect puzzle piece. Let me fit with a completely different one. And together we can make a really beautiful thing happen, and it doesn't have to be that you're this or you're that because we need each other to be who we are to make this whole thing work and what happens when everybody's like that and every, everything is finally clicking and oh it goes all the, I'm like then people aren't hungry I was like then then things are running smoothly and there's no no hurt but then this is also what happens it gets it goes on the love and I'm like oh wait a minute we don't learn without mistakes we don't learn without the fighting we don't learn without the friction and the closeness and the pulling apart and the pain and the experiences. And so then it travels all the way back down. And I'm like, oh, we're here to have these human experiences and to learn how to love and to learn how to love ourselves and to be better people, to go all the way, not self, to become ourselves, like whatever that process, that journey is, that ride, that is how this whole thing keeps working for me. Oh, I'm just overwhelmed at the way you describe things. And everything you just described, to my mind, that is these two life force energies completely intertwined. The channel of abstraction, which is which again is the historian, it's going back in time, looking at those moments, those patterns. I mean, technically, you know, traditional human design people will say patterns is the logical side. You know, this is the collective abstract side but there's still this recognition of we've been here before, right? Mm -hmm. It's like we had the answers then, mm -hmm. right? Here's, it's just showing up again in a different form. The other thing I'm super excited about is um, how you, you opened with this moment of knowing and recognizing something spoke to you as you're witnessing you painting you. Like, 
oh, I can't even imagine what that must have felt like, some sort of out-of-body experience. So I'm going to tell you right now, I'm just going to declare it for my Tara. My Tara and I, we've, we keep going back and forth on what to call this channel. It's the last one that we're naming. And it's the 6124. And it is called the channel of awareness in traditional human design. And, you know, reading all the description and all the different elements and all of the quantum elements that are activated through that channel, we started out with the thinker and then the philosopher. And then really, you know, Tara said, you know, it's the knower, but knower isn't really a thing. But it, there is this otherworldly quality to it that's kind of unexpected and that you don't really have control over like a philosopher or a thinker. There's a lot of thinking that's going on. And it was funny because when I was preparing for this podcast and I was working on your bio, I was looking at the bio on your website and I have to go back to your description because the first words... Tara Bach is an ethereal abstract artist. Okay, those, what are they? Six words. When I saw that this morning, I thought, there's our answer. We're calling this channel The Mystic. Mm, I love that. How does that feel? Like home. <laughs> okay, you just gave me truth bumps. <laughs> That's the goal. And and we've actually been going to people who we know in our lives who embody these different channels just where we were stuck, mm. just to verify, to check. And it was really interesting to have the people who are living this and, and know the feeling when we would say, it's this word or it's this word. And, we, and they could really feel in their bodies. It wasn't, I want to be called this or that, because really whatever we came up with, yeah. with the archetype was, was really good either way. It became what felt true. So I love that this resonates with you. And I can't, I can't imagine calling it the thinker or the philosopher after our conversation today. I just can't. It's not about an intellectual process. It's about this knowing that comes out of nowhere. You know, it's so fascinating that just came up for me is my artwork and the form it's taken, the abstract form it took was so natural as a form. And I dig into creativity and the way of being in this whole system for myself, because it's just given me such a blessing of understanding how this mystic channel speaks through me, because it's really nothing to do with me. It's so bizarre. It's so bizarre because Yes, I learn and I study and I practice technical skill and I evolve in those ways. But the purest art that's ever come through me, I finish and I'm like, who the fuck made that? <laughs> it doesn't feel like it can, like it's, I have no attachment. It's really interesting. Like I have no attachment to it. I don't know what it means. I don't know where it came from. Like the whole not knowing thing is right there. And it's, not in a bothering me way. And then this is where it gets interesting doing it for a profession because people are like, why do you do this? What do you do? What does it mean? And I'll be like, I don't know. <laughs> Cause I channeled that. Like, I don't know the purest, the purest art came through that way. And then the rest is just kind of like figuring it out or the space in between. But the most beautiful thing happens because I've discovered in this process, I will know it's so cool when it happens and you figure it out and you know, you're like, oh my God, that's what that meant. That's what came through. And making all these connections that I've been able to discover now from allowing myself not to know in this process. And it's usually a couple of years. And then I'll be like, oh, wow, that meant that. And this has been growing for my whole life. It's really wild to see those work together because I can channel it back or go all the way back through my own personal life history and find meanings in my own paintings that I don't know where they came from. You know, it's just so beautiful when it starts intertwining in the space. It's so cool. Oh, I love that. That is so beautiful. This has been the most amazing 
um, what is the word? Oh, I can't think of it. Not enraptured. I've just been on the edge of my seat. <laughs> this has been the most enjoyable experience connecting with you in this way and hearing hearing your reflections and your firsthand uh, observations of what it means to be you and how you've made friends with your design and what it's like to be in your body and just how fluid you are in the way that you're moving through life. And I'm so grateful that you that you came today and you you shared so vulnerably and so openly all of these parts of you. And, and I just want to know, I guess final questions are any guidance or thoughts for anyone listening about what's in it for them mm. if they were to do their own human design and then thoughts on how we can reach you. That would be really helpful because I'm sure people are going to want to reach you and follow your art and artistic journey mm. and mystical journey. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I think one thing, you know, <laughs> I went to my mother the other day and I said, if there was one gift I can give everybody in this world would be to be able to learn and study their own design, the healing it's brought to myself and my relationships, it's just invaluable to me. And the deepest healing I've ever actually been able to embody and experience is ineffable. And in my reflection of I don't know what I'm going to be doing with the knowledge that I learn and accumulate. I honestly don't even know what my plan is, but I just think that there are these keywords and there are these beautiful moments. And I think about or reflect on myself and the difficulties I've had being an artist who doesn't know why they create when I have to explain myself and my difficulty I've had seeing myself and loving myself and being able to like describe it because I don't naturally have that gift of always knowing what I want to say or how to say it effectively, specifically. And the pain, <laughs> sometimes I look at my pain and I think about the world and I said, say to myself, what a gift it would be to not have to have somebody else suffer through that. And how can I take the experience of not being kind to myself or allowing my bitterness to wreak havoc in my own body on my relationships. Yeah. How do we, how can I share that gift? And there is a profound experience of healing that we can share with this world. And I just know it's there. Okay. So Tara, in closing, for anyone who is going down the path to explore their human design, right? Anyone who's decided, oh, this is something that I think might be really helpful for me. What words of wisdom or caution or advice would you have for them as they embark on this once in a lifetime forever journey? I would, for anybody who feels called to explore this system and experiment with it in their own lives, my suggestion would be take it at whatever pace feels natural and correct for yourself. I would say you are perfect and whatever experiences that you had are perfect. Whatever's happened is perfect. And to be gentle as you go through this journey and be honest with yourself, be open to receiving. And if there's so much, <laughs> I would say this is not exactly a journey for the faint of heart or if you're just looking for love and light. <laughs> I think this is definitely the journey that you dig down into the deep depths of your own inner workings and your own life experiences. And you sit with that and you learn to love it and you learn to nurture it and you get to experience the whole of yourself, which is the best gift you can give to yourself and others. Oh, that's a mic drop moment. I've got truth bumps. Okay, so Tara, thank you. How how can people reach you if they want to follow up and learn more about your art? Yes, you can visit me. I'm mostly on Instagram at bach.tara and my website is tarabachart.com and you're welcome to check that out. And and bach is spelled b a c h. Thank you. Oh my God, my dear, this has just been such a blessing, such a gift, so rejuvenating. I couldn't think of a better way to spend the last hour. 
It was so special. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I love every, I love, and I really appreciate, I would just like to say, I really appreciate the way you transmit this information in the most beautiful, authentic way of sharing. And it goes there. You have this ability to go there where it needs to go in a very transparent and powerful way that will welcome people who are ready and willing to take the journey too. Oh, okay. That's food for my soul. Mm. That's my gate of the listener. I have that in my, I know we didn't get to this. We're going to have to have you back on to talk about the gene keys and the Venus sequence. So we'll let you go through that. But the Venus sequence in the gene keys, what really helped me understand. I have gate 13, the listener Mm -hmm. from age 14 to 21. And it's, it's about creating that space and really hearing what people are saying and what they're not saying and without judgment. Really. Mm-hmm. And just, so I really appreciate you recognizing that and making space for it and seeing me. I feel seen. And that's the beauty of this stuff, right? When we feel seen for who we truly are, not the pretend version, but who we are. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful. Thank you, my dear. Thank um, you. Listeners, Listeners, as always, in the show notes, we will put links to Tara's website and to her Instagram. We'll also put links to her chart and the video, the little part about purpose so that you can see what we were talking about between gates 38 and 28. And for those of you who are new to human design and want to dip your toes in the water, you can get your free chart at tobeauthentic.co. And for those who actually want to go straight to a reading and session with me, it's a 90-minute session. We call that your blueprint for life. And you can order that on our website, tobeauthentic.co. So thank you, everyone. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me on this episode of To Be Authentic, where we explore the practical side of human design, the gene keys, and the work in an integrated approach we call the quantum way. If you're new to human design and the gene keys, click the links in our show notes to get your free chart and profile. While you're there, subscribe to our mailing list to receive special offers and invitations and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and your podcast provider of choice to never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. You make this podcast matter.